joining us online and being a part of the service with us today. We want to let you know that we've been asking you to kind of get prepared for the Sunday morning service by getting up, getting your clothes on, all that kind of stuff. And I hope you've done that because we've actually worked it out with Facebook where we can actually see into your living room today. And I want to encourage some of you to maybe go throw on some clothes real quick because it'll be a little distracting the rest of my message. Actually, just kidding. We're glad that you're here. I pray that the service has already blessed you and that it blesses you the rest of the service. We're going to dive into a time real quick where we're going to make some declarations over our life because we believe the tongue has the power of life and death. We talk about it all the time. We, it's something we constantly are, are reminding and encouraging one another. And especially during this time when you may be hearing a lot of people that are saying things that, are, that might be a fact, but it goes against a truth. We want to encourage you to speak the truth so that because... So we understand that facts are temporary, but truths are eternal. And so we want to just declare, we're not unaware of the facts, but we're just going to declare the truths over our life and allow God to do a fresh work in our lives. So right there in your living room, say them out loud with me. Let's say these together. God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Let me pray over you today. Father, I just thank you today for this opportunity that we have to hear from you. Because Lord, you desire to speak to every one of our hearts for every need and situation that we are personally dealing with today. And so, Lord, as we go through this season of our life and these things that are going on around us, God, I pray that you would give each one of us a now word, a now word that we could take our next step and grow in you. So I thank you, Lord, today, Father, for your great grace and your great favor. And thank you today for the new covenant that has qualified every one of us to receive that grace and favor from you today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said... Amen, amen. If you were standing up in your living room, go ahead and grab a seat. So over the last few weeks, we've been in this series, That's Ridiculous. And we've been talking about some of the amazingly ridiculous things that God has done, God is doing, and God will continue to do in our lives. If you step back and just think about it, think about the past and things that God has done. It's just been incredible, the ridiculous things that God has done, but there really is a Another spectrum to ridiculous, and most people recognize that there's a whole lot of ridiculous things that are going on in our world right now. And listen, I know that people are afraid and, and scared, but come on, right? I mean, check out some of these memes that some people have shared with me over the last couple, couple of days, and this is kind of a public service announcement. Every few days, try your jeans on just to make sure they still fit. Pajamas will have you believing all is well in the kingdom. It really will. So everyone's up, throw those jeans back on. Here's another one. They said a mask and gloves were enough to go to the grocery store. They lied. Everybody else had clothes on. Yeah. Listen to this. I used to spin that toilet paper roll like I was on a wheel of fortune. Now I turn it like I'm cracking a safe. <laughs> Here's another one. If you bought 30 rolls of toilet paper, you owe three to the church. Tithing is not canceled. All right? Just to remind you of that. Listen. All them gluten-free allergies just straight up and disappeared. <laughs> and this one I really like. And people wonder why the government won't tell them the truth about aliens. Right? Listen, to say we're living in uncertain times would be an, a massive understatement. Things seem a bit crazy, ridiculous, if you will, in our world right now. And in my lifetime, and I've, I've been around for a while, 30 plus years, 
Uh, in my lifetime, I've lived through, thank you, Watergate, our embassy being attacked and hostages held in Iran, an assassination attempt on a president, President Reagan, 9-11, two Iraqi wars, the economic meltdown of 2008, and disco. Okay, maybe that last one isn't really quite that bad. Sorry, all you disco lovers. But listen, I've lived through some pretty incredibly challenging and difficult times in our world. But the level of fear and uncertainty that we are witnessing in our world right now is unprecedented in my lifetime. You, you can see it on people's faces. You can hear it in their voices when you're talking to them. You can see it on conversations that we're having on social media. People are scared. People are scared of getting sick. They're scared of being hurt. They're scared of the economy. They're scared of not being in control. And now we're even scared of each other. Now, don't get me wrong. God gives us wisdom. You should wash your hands. You should have been washing your hands forever. You, you should make necessary financial adjustments as needed. You need to be careful around some people. But listen, we can't live in constant fear. We can't live in constant fear and put our lives on hold just because we're facing something that could possibly hurt us. I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but every day we drive on roads with nothing but a painted yellow line dividing you from cars that are hurling headfirst towards you. And every single day, people cross that line, killing innocent people just like yourself on the other side of it. Some of them are drunk. Some of them are texting. Some of them have fallen asleep. But every day, all over the world, this happens. In fact, 1.4 million times a year. That's over 3,800 times a day. And it can be quite fearful when you start thinking about it. And yet we still get in our cars and we still drive. Do you know why? Because of a more powerful F word, faith. See, faith is given to us by God. And when you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, we exercise it, when we use it, it produces ridiculous results in our lives. And even though, I, I got to be honest with you, even though sometimes it feels ridiculous when you're exercising it sometimes. When you're exercising faith, you can't see what's actually happening, but you're exercising, it can feel ridiculous. It still produces ridiculous results in your life. See, faith is the fuel that propels us through times of fear and through times of uncertainty. It's more powerful than any emotion that we possess, even fear. And when a storm blows in, not if, because storms will continue to blow in, that rocks your world, faith gives you the ability to get yourself centered to get yourself, to be able to steady yourself. That's why in the word of God, when a storm came up as the disciples were crossing the sea and they became fearful, Jesus asked them in Luke 8, where is your faith? Listen, I've, I've given you some faith. Hey, where is your faith? Because your faith in God and in his goodness and in his favor in your life helps you to find the answers, the, the higher meaning to this stuff going on down here, even in the midst of pain and even in the midst of fear. Here's one of the cool things about it is when you respond in faith, you take that faith and you transfer it to others. Because faith has a viral effect to change chaotic environments. Faith is knowing at your core who your God is, knowing that he's good, and it's knowing who you are actually in Christ. And it develops in you an ability to know that you can handle anything 
that you are dealing with in life right now. That's so amazing about the way that God has designed us as humans, that we have the ability to choose and to control our behavior. No other species has that. God has put within us the ability to train ourselves to be emotionally fit and to be emotionally strong, to be resilient. That between an event, something that happens to us or around us, and our response to it, there is a space, a space that we get to choose our response. Stephen Covey is credited with this, but it's actually an unknown author who says this. I think they're going to throw it up on your screen. That between stimulus and response, something that happens, and our response, there is space, a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our responses lies our growth and our freedom. Man, I wish I had time to unpack all this, but we don't have time to talk about it in detail. But there are four human endowments that God has given every one of us that we can operate with in that space. Self-awareness. Do you know that you can actually think about your thoughts? It's crazy. You can think, why am I thinking this? You have an independent will. Everything that you say, everything that you do, you chose to say it. You chose to do it because you have an independent will. You, you have conscience that God has written things on your mind for you to understand things that are right and you have imagination while everyone else is predicting doom and gloom you can have a better imagination to see things bigger and better listen it's in that space that you can and I can operate either in faith that we can choose faith over fear we can choose optimism over pessimism so what is faith now, the, the Bible says, and that's where I always go to to find the truth. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The, it's, first of all, the substance, the, the stuff. It's, it's the result, the thing that you're believing for, the tangible evidence of those things that you're hoping for. So let me ask you a question today. Where have you placed your hope in your hand sanitizer in your pantry full of toilet paper and food in the medical community in the government man I hope not listen all those are good things but my prayer for you today is that you have placed your faith your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ that that's where you've decided I'm all in with that now there's a second part of this faith probably a little bit more difficult for this and it's that we hope for things Meaning, we have a confident expectation of good. That's what that Bible hope is before we see the result, before we see the evidence, before something good happens. And that really, really honestly is the challenge of faith, that we are believing for things that we can't see yet. And I wish as followers of Jesus Christ that, that our life was a walk of feeling. It was a walk of seeing, but it's a walk of faith. It means that even as a society that we are dealing with COVID-19, we have confidence that things are going to be okay. That God is good, that this didn't take him by surprise, that he's still sitting on the throne. That's the kind of faith that the woman with the issue of blood had in Matthew chapter 9. I want to kind of just unpack the story. I'm going to talk about it briefly. Jesus is actually on his way to raise a dead girl from life. How many of you recognize that's a pretty important thing that Jesus is moving towards? 
And as he is going, there was a woman who had an issue of blood. Can, can you imagine what it would be like to have a vaginal hemorrhage for 12 years? Pardon me for being so crass today, but we hear issue of blood and we kind of blow it off. Issue of blood, yeah. It doesn't really convey the depth of what this lady was actually dealing with. Can you imagine what it was like to be considered unclean? We walk into a Walmart now and you cough because you've got allergies and suddenly people are scattering from you, which by the way, it's the great way to get to the front of the line. Can you imagine though what it was like to be considered unclean? It meant that you were looked down upon. It meant that you were ostracized by society, isolated. Now, we, we've had a little taste of that over the past week, but this woman was dealing with it for 12 years. This woman was condemned by the religious law so much that she believed herself to be soiled and unworthy. She had to continually practice safe social distancing. In fact, when she would approach people, she would have to proclaim out loud, unclean, unclean, unclean. See, the responsibility was on her to not contaminate others because according to Levitical law, anything she touched became unclean. So can you imagine what must have been going through her mind the day she decided to take action? The day that she decided to actually do something? Because she had been socialized to see herself as dirty. Socialization is such a strong force in all of our lives. And even though she may have intellectually known that it wasn't right, she was condemned by society and her religion, and she felt that condemnation. So I wonder what caused her to decide on that day to take action. We, we really don't know that much about her outside of her physical condition. We really don't know who she was, what things in her past had actually shaped her beliefs, but she must have heard something about Jesus. She must have heard about how good he was, the miracles that he had done, how he had healed people and rescued people, how he had loved even the social outcasts. There had to be something that caused her on this day to show up and push her way through the crowd, knowing or believing at least at some level that her touching other people was making them unclean, but still pushing her way through the crowd so she could get to Jesus. In fact, here's what she said in Matthew chapter 9, 21, for she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. So against societal norms, against the religious teachings and laws of her day, she pushed her way through the crowd and she touched Jesus' garment. So what caused her to risk humiliation and possibly, honestly, even death to do such a bold and daring act? It was simply faith. It was simply faith. It was faith in Jesus it was a belief in him, a trust in him, and that the healing that she believed that he could provide her that caused her to do something. And we know that because in verse 22, here's how, what Jesus responds to her in saying, and Jesus turned around, and, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. And, and the, the word well here is, is, is a rich word. It's, in fact, it's the same Greek word as saved in Ephesians 2.8 where, where the writer Paul is telling us it is for by grace 
You have been saved. That's Greek word sozo, through faith. I love the Greek word sozo because it does mean being saved from hell. It means being transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, to have eternal life put back in you. But it also means healed. It also means delivered. It also means blessed. It also means made prosperous. And it all happens through faith today. And, and here's the theology, the understanding of God that we learn from the story with the woman with the issue of blood, and it's this. When we see God in his grace, that is when he sees us in our faith. See, our faith is acting upon the grace that we see in God. And of course, if you've been around Amarillo Fellowship for any period of time, you know that grace means unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. So who qualifies? Every one of us do. It's God's goodness showing up in our lives simply because he's good. So I want to ask you a few questions today that I really want to ask you to think about sitting right there in your living room. How big do you think God is? Do you think God is bigger than the coronavirus? Do you think he's bigger than the sickness that you're dealing with? Do you think he's bigger than the financial situation that you're dealing with? How powerful do you think God is? Do you think he has more power over the, the repetitive sin in your life? Do you think he's more powerful to change you? How powerful do you think he is? Let me ask you one final one. How good do you actually think God is? How good do you, do you think he's a loving God that constantly looks at you, knows everything about you, every mistake that you made, every mistake that you will make, and still loves you unconditionally? That is your level of faith. And have you noticed that while some people are worried, fearful, and anxious and seem to be losing their ever-loving minds, there are other people that just seem to be so calm and collected as we kind of go through these storms? Do you think it's because they're just not aware of what's going on? Well, possibly for some that might be the case. But for the most, it's because they've walked through tough times before. They've, they've walked through some challenging seasons. They've, they've learned. They've, they've adapted to the things that are going and grown. They, they grew from these tough experiences. And they know how resilient we actually are as human beings. That you and I, we're made in the image of God. The Bible says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. They know this isn't the last crisis that all of us are going to go through and that our lives are really developed during challenging and difficult times. I wish we were more developed through the easy time, but it really is through the difficult and challenging times. That's why the writer of Romans, Apostle Paul, reminds us in Romans chapter 8, and we know that in all things. In the good things, the bad things, the, the challenging, difficult things, the great times, that God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So they know that God is developing character in them. He's developing godly character in them. That all the things that God has for them, he's wanting them to go to the next step. He's developing in them a resourcefulness that instead of looking to other people, looking to the, the circumstances to fix things, they're developing that mindset of looking to God so that they can become all that God has created them to be. And since they know that God is good, even though they can't choose the season of life they're in, they embrace the season anyway. 
I know for many of us, this season that we're in right now feels a bit like winter when a huge storm blows in. Everyone's isolated in their homes, schools and restaurants are closed. Social events have been canceled or put on hold and everyone is kind of hunkered down, fearful of exposure. But listen, we shouldn't lose hope during this time. I love what Albert Camus said, the, the great Nobel Prize winning philosopher. He said this, in the depth of winter, I finally learned that there was in me an invincible summer. This is the way I've decided to live my life and the way that I like to say it. I carry sunshine on the inside of me. There may be a storm raging around me, but I carry sunshine on the inside of me. Listen, winter doesn't last forever. Spring will soon follow, and soon all of life will spring back to life, just like we've done for centuries. The, the question is, is, what are you going to do during this winter season? Are you going to operate in fear, or are you going to operate in faith? Are you going to join the fearful crowds magnifying the risk to the point of worst case scenarios? And, and again, don't get me wrong, use wisdom. Wash your hands, make financial adjustments, be careful around some people, but don't live in constant fear. Exercise your faith. Develop your faith. Allow your faith to grow. Listen, your faith is actually stronger than you realize. In fact, let me say it this way. You are actually stronger than you realize. So put your eyes on Jesus. It's easy to glance away. It's easy to start looking at other things. But when we do, refocus and do what the Word of God says in Romans 5, 17. And daily receive an abundance of grace. Just daily receive it. God, I thank you today that you're for me. I thank you that if you're for me, who can be against me? Because when you believe it and you receive it and you begin to act upon that grace, when you see God in his grace, that's when he sees you in your faith. Listen, this winter is going to end. And if you'll exercise your faith, you'll emerge stronger, you'll emerge more developed, becoming all that God has created you to be. Listen, we're going to get through this. We are. You got Some of you got to hear that today. We're going to get through this, and we're going to look at back as we've gone through this at some of the ridiculous things that God did for each one of us. And because we exercised our faith in Jesus and in his goodness, it will not only change our lives, but everyone that you and I come in contact with. So I want to encourage you today as a close. Let's develop ridiculous faith. Let's learn to constantly see God in his grace, how amazing he is, how wonderful he is, the fact that he's a loving God that loves to do good things in the lives of his children, because that's when he sees us in our faith.